Good evening, PBC. It is so awesome to be here speaking again and, and engaging with you guys again. Thank you so much for, for tuning in. It's always such a privilege to be able to share what God's put in my heart this week and, uh, and yeah, to be able to, to share that with all of you. And I really hope and pray that tonight's going to help you, encourage you and equip you as you go forward. I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for these incredible people who've, who've logged in and uh, yeah, joined this stream. And Father, I pray that you would just bless and run down the name of Jesus with yeah, an open heart to, to what you're saying to them this evening and, and what you're saying to us as a community. And Father, I pray for, yeah, as we go from here, that it would grow uh, so much more in the name of Jesus. Amen. Awesome. I'm going to be continuing with the Letters to the Church theme that we have. And uh, yeah, this last week's been, been pretty intense. We've had um, the explosion in Beirut and uh, continued struggles in and around the COVID-19 situations as well as a lot of things where we've been looking at leadership globally and been really shook at some of the things that have come out. And in this time, I was just really inspired from this word from the Lord. And so let's dig into it together. Letter to the PBC Evening Congregation. To the PBC Evening Congregation, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in and taking time to hear from what, to hear what God has put on my heart this week. I realize that this week has once again brought back a stark reminder of the fragility of life with the Beirut explosion that has claimed so many lives, left the world in shock that so many dangerous materials could be sitting so close to a major city and that almost nothing had been done about it for years. This with the constant reminder that we're still struggling with multiple crises from the COVID-19 crises to the economic crises to the crazy leadership that we have globally. It seems to be a week that has been a big reminder that, man, life is actually quite bleak at the moment. But then I stopped to take some time with Jesus. A highly recommended activity for anyone during this time. And I was reminded that all of this is temporary. I know that seems like a trivial response. But the truth is, so often we're investing our time and energy, even our hopes and dreams, into that which is temporary. It might, just be, it might just be me, but I know I spend a whole lot of time worrying about things that could happen, being ashamed of things that have happened, wasting time, being caught up in myself. I was in this space where I was so encouraged by reading scripture. 1 Corinthians 13 verses 13. And it just reminded me, now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. These three things will ultimately withstand the test of time. It would not be put to shame. Well, it will endure all the temporary things that we're currently wreaking havoc on our world. These are the things that will help us as a community move toward being people who are radically, who radically reshape the world around us as we go. So let's speak about faith. What is faith? Why is it important? Why was Jesus constantly rebuking his disciples for not having it? And how do, I, how do I grow my faith? Faith is described in Hebrews 11 as a confidence in what we hope for and assurance of that which we do not see. It is the belief that God is who he says he is and that he's good and trustworthy. I love the illustration that describes how that when I sit on this chair, 
I have faith that it's going to hold me up and that I won't fall back and land back on, land on my back. And, and Scripture shows us incredible examples of faith. Hebrews 11 actually gives many of those examples. It starts off with describing how Abel, through faith, was able to give a good sacrifice. Abraham had faith even to be able to sacrifice his only son and, and know that God was still going to deliver on his promises. It speaks about yeah, so many of the heroes in history. It was by faith that Moses was able to stand before Pharaoh and they were able to cross the, the Dead Sea. It was by faith that the walls of Jericho fell. Um, and then it speaks about David and Solomon and the prophets and, and how they, by faith, were able to endure so much. And I think your faith is such an incredible opportunity to help us go from being normal to being extraordinary. Faith creates the environment in which God delights to do miracles, to break through in remarkable ways. Even Jesus was restricted by a lack of faith. And if we wanted to see God move in and around us and through us, we need to be investing in our faith. Jesus' disciples faced the predicament of wanting to go where Jesus went, to do what Jesus did. But they did not yet have the faith to do so. When surrounded by a life-threatening storm being shaken about, Jesus expected them to have faith. He expected them to have faith to drive out demons, to heal the sick. And fortunately for them, he also had the patience to stick with them. So how do we grow our faith? Well, firstly, we ask for it. I do believe, help me with my unbelief, is what a father said to Jesus in Mark 9. Crying out, God, can you, can you help me with this? Faith is contagious. Spend time with people who have great faith. Faith requires risk. Take a chance to pray for someone who's sick or in need. I remember on a mission trip to Romania, I was a young 18, 19 year old. And uh, yeah, I was sent with, with one or two other people to go and pray for this one Roman village, which was desperately poor. And we went around praying for people house to house, very similar to like the Colesburg missions that we've done in the past. And we're just praying. We got to this one house and, and this man comes out and he has a hand that's almost three times the size of a normal hand. It was huge, just swollen. Um, and when we asked what we could pray for, he motioned to his hand and my heart was like, oh no, this is so obvious, so big. There's no ways this is going to happen. And my face started to just go like falling through. But then one of my other teammates who was with me just began praying. Holy Spirit, come. And in that situation, my faith began to rise. And we prayed for this man for quite some time. When we left later that day, his hand had lost all swelling, and my level of faith was through the roof. Sometimes we just need to take some risks. Trust in the God who says, who does what he says he will. A testimony of faith often inspires others. Share what God is doing in your life. Listen to how God is moving around you. Hasn't it been awesome to hear some of the testimonies that have come out of PBC during this time? Of God's provision, as well as the way in which he has just met with so many of his people. I encourage you to share your testimonies, to, to listen to others. I've felt like this time has been really difficult. And uh, there's been times where I felt probably the lowest that I've ever felt. And yet from the love of people around me, as well as the love of Jesus, he's been able to pull me back towards where he's, he's been leading me all along. And it's through so many testimonies that have inspired me to keep going. 
faith is something that if we leave it alone, it's going to fade. We have, if we have great faith, we have to keep feeding it. If we have little faith, we have to be seeking for more. We cannot become lazy when it comes to faith. Because that's when doubt and fear, guilt, shape, all those things creep in. No, instead we have to be pursuing it. Then we look at hope. A quick Google search for the difference between a human hope and a biblical hope actually drops some profound wisdom. Google sometimes does that. Hope, and it says this, hope is commonly used to mean a wish. Its strength is in the strength of the person's desire. So if I really want it, that's the strength of my hope. But in the Bible, hope is different. It is the confident expectation of what God has promised. And the strength of this hope is in his faithfulness. Because God is faithful, we can have a hope that's really, really strong. Romans 15 verse 13 is such an incredible blessing that Paul prays over the Roman church. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Hope is knowing that God is going to make all things right, that one day his kingdom will be fully established on earth as it is in heaven. Hope and faith are fairly strongly connected. As one grows, so does the other. Paul shows us this reality of hope in Romans, where he has the faith at the moment, but there's a hope for the future. And it's Romans 8 verses 22. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we eagerly await for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this we hope, for in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. And that's an incredible thing of, you know, we've, we've encouraged by the faith that we have. We're seeing God doing incredible things. Paul was seeing incredible things happening. And yet he still had a hope for the future, for something that he couldn't yet see. But his outlook on the future was that which he was waiting patiently for. We'll never be satisfied with what this world has to offer. But our hope in Christ can give us a contentment with what we have and a drive to bring about the changes that God wants to bring about. Hope is one of those strange things that changes the way that we can see a current situation. This last week I was talking to my dad about the difficulties of, difficulties of COVID-19 and how that's been imp impacting people regarding their mental health. And some staggering stories about how people have been feeling so down, even suicidal. And when I'm burnt out, these stories can seem overwhelming. I feel so disconnected and it's just awful news, which I mean it is, it is terrible news. And the reality just hits so much harder. But knowing that Jesus has plans for these people now, that he can reach them through me, began to create a desire in me to begin getting out there and making an impact. Hope also lightens the burdens that we carry. Jesus says, cast our burdens on him. And so I think of, you know, sometimes you think, oh, it's just a small thing. But I think of this glass of water, I'm probably thinking, you know, half empty, half full, sure, hope, whatever, how we see things. That's not actually what I'm going to talk about. How heavy is this glass? It's not even like half a kg, maybe, not even. Um, it's very light, actually. But if I had to hold this for a minute, it begins to get very heavy. If I had to hold this for the rest of the day, 
my arm would be crying out in pain. And eventually I'd just drop the glass. With Jesus, he asks to take our burdens. He takes the things that we can't currently handle. And it gives us a hope for us to be able to continue, to be able to, yeah, carry on. And I think sometimes with these destitute um, short-term things that we're facing, we need to cast those burdens on Jesus and pick up his hope. And then we are able to carry on. Carry on pursuing the things that inspire us. Love. Love is both the easiest and the hardest thing to write about. We all long to love and be loved. We all feel like we know love, but what the Bible describes as love is always more. <laughs> I think, you know, in 1 Corinthians 13, where we got the faith, hope, and love verse from, describes love as being patient and kind, doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it's not arrogant or rude, doesn't insist on its own way, it's not irritable or resentful, does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and love never ends. Corinthians also inspires us in, in chapter 16 to let all that we do be done in love. And it's inspired because we love, because Christ first loved us. He loved us so much that he gave his one and only son so that we could have faith to believe in him. Yeah, and anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And so we keep on loving one another earnestly, 1 Peter. Above all these things, put on love which binds everything together, Colossians. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. It's Jesus speaking in John 15. And I think as we speak about love, there's literally hundreds of verses on love. But some core truths really shine through. Love always puts others first. As opposed to this love that we told about in, in society where love is all about me and if it's working for me. Biblical love always puts others first. In times of crisis, it's really revealed the true nature of people. I've been staggered to, to hear and find out that the, the world's top 10 richest people have actually gotten way more richer during this time. They've used it as an opportunity to put themselves first and, and get more out of this. Yet I'm also inspired to be part of a community, this PBC community, whose first response was outrageous generosity to those that they knew and to those that they didn't know. God's love is an infinite resource. There's no end or measure of his love. We cannot reach the end of it. We do not need to use it with care or in small portions. We do not need to use it sparingly. We do not need to give it sparingly. In South Africa, we've been almost forced into a scarcity mindset where we have to save water, electricity, even toilet paper. But we do not need to bring that mindset to God's love. There's no load shedding on His love. There's no set amount available each day. And if we all run in to get it, it's not going to suddenly run out. The more we give it away, the more that there is, the more we benefit from it. So, evening congregation, I just bless you to be full of faith, hope, and love. To be hungry for more. To seek out Jesus in everything that you do. I pray that you would have the faith to see how God is moving now and to see it happen. I pray that you would have the hope of the Lord to persevere and remain faithful. And I pray that you would overflow with love to every person you encounter. 
I want to do a quick exercise with you guys now, just to honor that which God has really done in us. I want you to think back to the moment where you felt like, yo, I had lots of faith. Where your faith was just bursting. It might have been after seeing a miracle when you first came to faith, or even just hearing a testimony of someone else. Think of a time when you had lots of faith. I want you to give thanks to God for that time now. To honor that moment. And ask Holy Spirit, would you give me faith? I want you to think of a time where you had hope. Maybe you've been struggling with hope recently. Maybe you need to yeah, recalibrate to what scripture says is going to be happening. But think back on a time when you've had a hope. Thank Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for this hope. And think back to a time when you felt so loved by the Lord, by those around you. Remember that love. Honor God for that. Thank you, Lord, for your love. There's something profound about honoring what God has done in the past for us to be able to receive it in the present. So I encourage you now, spend some time with Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. You can do it again. You are here. And so I bless you, PBC. Thank you so much for tuning in. Love you guys. Looking forward to seeing many of you in these next coming weeks. Looking forward to the youth life groups that are starting up this week. Pray for us as we begin again in, in person and, and on Zoom. Uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Thank you, PBC.